2: Welcome in to the RotoWire Fantasy Basketball Podcast, sponsored by Draft, the only app offering daily fantasy snake drafts. It is Friday, January 13th, 2016. DJ Trainer here, joined by Shannon McEwen and Ken K-Train-Krites.
1: All aboard!
2: Feel free to find us on Twitter, at TrainerDJ, at RotoShannon, and at Ken Kreitz. This podcast is available on iTunes, Stitcher, Audioboom and directly on the RotoWire website itself, feel free to leave a nice review on one of those venues. You know we'd love to have it. No surprises here as we kick in right into the top news. We'll go into some news like we always do. Ken's crazy old man rant, favorite time (coughs) of the week for me. And then we'll go over some of the most added players uh, over the last couple days, and Shannon and I will debate on how long we think those players will be relevant for. Will you be picking them up for a day, a week, or the rest of the season? And then finally, we'll end with some Friday DFS talk on FanDuel especially. Uh, Anthony Davis, Ken, bruised and battered. I'm not surprised. It's about that time in the season. It's
1: tough carrying a whole team on your shoulders, isn't it? Right. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, bruised hip, forced him out last night versus the Nets. He hopes to play Saturday, clearly for DFS. You'll want to check beforehand because I don't think that's a done deal that he's playing Saturday. A lot of excitement pregame that uh, Demo and T. Jones would get a lot of minutes. And apparently all that that wonderful playing time went to Terrence Jones, who blew up for 24 points, 12 rebounds, a block, one made three, and one uh, assist. Uh, Demo, not so much. Only his third game with the Pelicans. He did get 19 minutes. Only got one point and three boards. Again, only his third game. Do you think Terrence Jones is like, you know, damn it, I had to fight Demo for minutes my whole career in Houston, and now I have to fight him for minutes here on crummy Pelicans. And oh, notice he... I am not saying Demo's full name. I'm just sticking to saying Demo. Uh,
3: he he, Terrence Jones is definitely upset about that. I mean, they're just it, they've been attached to the hip. The one time Terrence Jones gets an opportunity, to go elsewhere and and hopefully start living up to his potential. Now he's he's got to battle the same guy for minutes. Um, <laughs> right. oh, I And as a Terrence Jones, I actually I love both players, um, so I'm disappointed that they're on the same team again and, and splitting minutes. Um,
1: yeah. you know, Wasn't Demo going to your Pistons for a little while? And, he was going no, no, that was, he, for a while.
3: Well, he, he got traded to the Pistons last right. season. And, failed the medical, failed both yeah, the other. got, right, got, right. Re, got uh, re, reversed because of the medical. Um you know, with Anthony Davis, I actually expect him to play on Saturday. Uh, he looked pretty pro- – it sounded like he was somewhat probable. Um, I know he was officially listed as questionable for Thursday night's game. But every note I read, it seemed like it was more likely he would play or that he wanted to play. So it seems like the Pelicans just kind of erred on the side of caution and held him out um, for a game. So I, I expect him
2: to return to the court, if, if not Saturday. It's going to be the game after that. The thing that he has going for him that maybe he hasn't in years past um, where I've just perennially just been on his case about not playing and being bruised and not playing through a bruise is that the teams were just so far out of playoff contention. You look right now, they have one more loss than the Trailblazers, and the Trailblazers are the eight seed in the West, so... You got to have your star players out there on the court if you want to make the playoffs. It's actually possible for this Pelicans team, yes, at 16 and 24, to make the playoffs as the eight seed, uh, most likely in the West. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he suited up and played Saturday and this season perhaps played through more injuries than he ever has in the past, Ken.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, he, they're piling up, and I don't think he's had a 75 plus game season yet. I remember. I was, you know, in our keeper league, I was getting very nervous about Davis's injury history and dumped him. I mean, he switched. He was a bargain. A lot of leagues, though, uh, for this year uh, as he's been healthy so far. But, yeah, let's let's cross our fingers and hope Davis plays well. Uh, More sickness issues with the Bulls. Uh, Jimmy Butler and Nikola Meretic were both out due to illness. Uh, against in an ugly game against the Knicks both hope to play Saturday but again check your lineups and all these illnesses and sickness brought back from the dead. Rajan Rondo he suddenly averaged 24 minutes in the last two games after five games that being out and Hoiberg's kind of referring to him as the sixth man is uh, if, if Rondo was cut in any of your leagues, gentlemen, is he worth exploring? I think he's
2: worth exploring because assists are just so hard to find. And he's coming off the bench, not playing that many minutes, 23. And if we can expect 20 to 24 minutes out of him every single night, we can legitimately hope to get six assists per game. I think uh, last night he had eight, and that's, that's quite a bit for only 23 minutes. But they're so hard to find that I think there is a spot on, on your rosters for Rondo. Major issue for me, Shannon, and maybe this doesn't matter as much, his free throw percentage and shooting percentages are so bad. Um, I think he shot twenty percent from the line in December and like you know, way below forty percent from field, from the from just the, the floor in December. And so that 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 makes me caution whether or not to add him or not. But again, those assists are so hard to find. His percentages have been a
3: worry even when he was a full- time starter. So, you know, one way to look at it is he's he's still still going to get decent assist numbers, but his shooting numbers, um will be down coming off the bench he's, his, his usage he's not going to have as high of a volume so the percentages won't won't impact your your lineups as much um you know my you my, know. Cons- my concern with the past two games is that jimmy butler sat out both so i want to see what rondo does once the bulls are at full strength um but even with that said he should be owned in, in pretty much any format um you know even doesn't mean you have to start him but he should he should be on benches based on the production that he he can provide
1: point guard premium point guard premium um uh, uh in boston and atlanta tonight avery bradley will be out i don't think he i think he did not even travel with the team and amir johnson and jalen brown are both game time decisions uh for celtics versus hawks and, you know hawks are right behind the celtics in the eastern standings so kind of a big game Uh, Marcus Smart kind of lightened it up the last uh, two games with Bradley out. He's averaging roughly 15 points and uh, I want to say roughly five uh, assists and rebounds and steals. Not shooting horribly, which is great to see. Um, But uh, any other insights on tonight's Celtics uh, Hawks games, gentlemen?
2: I like Marcus Smart quite a bit. Uh, The last time out with Bradley off the court, he kind of put up a dud and didn't get you that much points somewhere in the, the 15 to 16 range. I'm looking for him to bounce back. Spoiler alert, he's a guy I'd like to talk a little bit more when we talk Friday FanDuel DFS um, because he's, he's got a path to minutes. He's going to be on the court for so long, and we know the most important stat in fantasy is is minutes played. You have to be on the court to accrue stats. Marcus Smart will certainly be doing that. As an Avery Bradley owner, guys, in, in our Staff Keeper League, I'm a little concerned, but I will say when he first suffered this injury, it did seem like they hinted that it was going to be a week or two-week thing, so um, from that
1: Standpoint. yeah at least. Yeah,
2: right at least it hasn't lingered longer than we thought it would um, but hopefully he can get back in the next couple of weeks when he does I mean you would think that they'd ease him back into action um, no fear that he'd he'd lose his job to Marcus Smart no matter how good Marcus Smart is playing right
3: Shannon pa- past seven days four games 34 minutes per 15 4 6 1.8 steals one block Marcus Smart is damn good. We talked about it last week. Um I love I love the guy. I think there's in in two of the three past three games, he's looked like the best player on the court for the Celtics. Um it's been the case. It was that way for the Christmas game, like I had mentioned last week. I, I think he's an incredible talent, great defensive player. Um, and when when his shooting right when his shooting is right. He does a damn good job.
1: Is he such well, a good it just it, his poor f- field goal percentage, obviously not hurting you in DFS. One small gripe, Fandle still has him at point guard. He's really not playing the point for them. He's playing shooting guard and actually some small forward for the Celtics.
2: I'd love for him to be at shooting guard because that's been a tough spot to fill. Yeah. Not only this season, but last season as well as shooting guard. Um, on, on all formats, is, FanDuel especially. But, Shannon, I want to ask you, is, is Marcus Smart playing so good during this time with Avery Bradley off the court that the Celtics perhaps should be considering packaging Bradley with some of their picks and moving Bradley because they can feel confident with Smart? Or are they perhaps showcasing Marcus Smart to the point where they should be packaging Smart with all these draft picks they have?
3: I think if, if the Celtics had a preference, they would probably prefer to keep Smart over Bradley. Um but Smart should have more trade value uh, because because of his youth, um, because of his upside. So it, it, depending on what they're trying to get in return, you'd think Smart Smart would be the better option to kind of dangle in any trades.
1: I, I, I'm going to slightly disagree with you, Shannon, in that I think the Celtics actually would prefer to keep Bradley. Only, he's on a very team-friendly contract, um, and he's actually shown improvement every year. I think... You know, the sort of fantasy versus real basketball smart um, has flashes of great defense, but actually lately, he, you know, he's, he's also proving to gamble a few too 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 many times too often. Um, and it's I, I think they are concerned with smarts inability to improve that shooting percentage. He's still in the 30s. Uh, and you're right. I, I, I agree also, though, as trade bait. He seems to have the bigger upside because he's younger. But I just love the fact that every offseason, Avery Bradley improves one aspect of his game this year, focusing on rebounds and more than doubling his career average.
3: It, yeah, and I don't mean to slight Avery Bradley. I really like what he's how, how he's developed as a player. Um, he, he's been fantastic this year. The way I look at it, though, is you have a 26-year-old who's essentially hit his peak this season, and he's going to start going down from it. 26 is actually, that you're almost past your prime in the NBA. The prime's like 23 to 27.
2: Oh, Marcus come on, Smart. that's changing, that's changing. Don't no, you think?
3: no, it's not. No. It's definitely not. I mean, people last longer into their careers, sure, but 23 to 27's like still the money spot. That's when you're going to be your best in the NBA. Marcus Smart is going to enter that next season. I, I get it. I get why people would, would side with Bradley, but... I would go with the upside play if if there were takers for Bradley. So I kind of Well,
1: what's also intriguing about this trade though is just how similar Terry Rozier's game is to both Bradley and Smart. So the Celtics at least are dealing from a position of strength and frankly, I think if whoever the trade partner if they certainly prefer one over the other, they've got with Rozier enough reserves where, you know, they can probably go either path.
2: And it might be a team by team, <clears throat> excuse me, a team by team basis where a team like the Kings might value Marcus Smart a lot more because their trajectory their trajectory is different. A team like the Cavaliers might value Avery Bradley because he could step in and play a role right away. Um, it, it might be a team by team basis, but I mean we we've gotten this far and we didn't even talk about Jalen Brown, did we? I don't even know if we mentioned him. And so it oh, seems I know. Like he's it's a little too deep and. They're going to have to make a decision at some point. They just can't keep rostering all these guys at the same position.
1: Well, and they're sending a message to Brown now. They're giving a lot more minutes to Green, to Gerald, you know, uh, longtime veteran, many teams historian, uh, Gerald Green, who's, I think, 30, 31. But Green's passed Brown in the depth chart, which is just sad. Um, Green's earned it. He's playing well. But you're right. Uh, Celtics got to do something with all these young assets because they can't just keep drafting guys and not playing them.
2: Last guy you want to talk about, Ken. He's gotten kind of quiet down there in I San thought, Antonio. I thought,
1: I thought we'd give him a nice shout-out because he had such a wonderful game. Pau Gasol. What's the nickname for Pau Gasol? He must have a nickname. I, don't, I can't think of any.
2: The Guys? brother of Marc Gasol is my favorite nickname. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I feel like there's a nickname there, but I'm I'm blanking. The Spaniard something. The, the Spa- skinny, anyway. The skinnier brother. Anyway, he shot nine for nine. Scoring 22 points last night, nine boards, six assists, and a block. Uh, four for five from the line in 26 minutes in the big blowout win over the Lakers. I know it's the Lakers, shouldn't get too excited, but we've we've whined a lot about Paul Gasol on the pod here, and I thought we should just uh, point out that he, you know he had and he's coming off two rough games, but he's starting to shine a little there, and and you know investigate maybe he can trade low for Paul Gasol while now he's getting feeling uh, his way and getting a lot more comfortable in San Antonio.
3: I mean, it's it's not a surprise to me that he has a game like that. The frustrating part is the game prior, LaMarcus Aldridge sat out. He had a cushion yeah. matchup against Milwaukee and and he really wasn't able to capitalize and it, specifically as a DFS player. That that was frustrating cuz that was a game I was targeting Paul Gasol. And and he puts up a dud, but then he drops 40 fantasy points last night. So
1: Right. There you go. That's the joy of DFS. Oh, so
2: that... on Basketball <laughs> Reference they have Nicknames that have been used allegedly have been used for players in the past, and Nick and I have talked about this before. We're not so certain on some of these, but maybe they're you know maybe they're what their close family uses. Meal ticket. Meal ticket is the only nickname listed Meal for Pagasol. Huh. I need I, make...
3: I need to bring up a, a nickname. I learned a new nickname for Joel Embiid. Okay, he was uh, doing a, doing an interview this week, and his apparently his nickname
1: in college. Was the lion killer.
2: Yeah, I've I've heard that one before. That okay. one's awesome that one's great.
1: It is awesome. Was that based off of like a silly story where people had assumed he, I thought that was no, a Manute Bull story. I remember Manute Bull Well, Joe search uh, go ahead.
3: Yeah, and B he he told the story about how he killed a lion when he was six right. years old. And and he told it completely straight faced, um, as if it were. There's no way it's true, but definitely right. dig that up. Yeah, you know, right. I'm not right. going to recite the entire story, but dig it up. It's a fun thing to listen to. Um, I also don't believe I've ever heard Jalal Embiid talk deep, ever. Deep, deep, deep. I totally
2: forgot. He's. I totally forgot he's from Cambodia. Yeah, I know because his social media presence and all these quotes you hear from him, I just assumed he, he was a U.S. kid like that. Yeah. That, he, He's been
3: going to school here for for twenty years with the way he handles social media and everything.
2: Right, he's going to be a major major star, and he's awesome. But man, when he talks, I'm just like, wow. He's it's it's not the voice you you kind of like think you conjure up in your head for whatever reason. But he's got a great personality. Uh, and how about I, and the I,
1: Shirley Temple as a nickname? That's his big go to drink at bars. Is the Shirley Temple?
2: Joel Embiid or Pow? <laughs>
1: uh, sure, Joel Embiid. Embiid's preferred beverage is the Shirley Temple.
2: There you go. That, nah, I wouldn't want to be the one to call him that. but
1: <laughs> Maybe just the temple. Well, oh. the process is a, a nice one.
2: Yeah, the process is a great one. I love when they chant that. Guys, this morning I woke up and I was happy to shave, believe it or not. I recently got a Harry's shaving kit and it's made me happy to shave. I, I usually I kind of dread it. I put it off a day too long, a week too long, a couple weeks too long, Shannon. But, you know, they gave me everything I need. They gave me some foaming gel ergonomic handle on the razor itself i've been loving shaving believe it or not so i woke up this morning got a nice close shave the foaming gel shannon i'm sure you can smell it from here i've never smelled more like a man it smells good yeah it smells great
1: it smells what fantastic. is in that gel i've actually used the the shaky household has the gel in the guest bathroom it's fantastic
2: all right yeah it is it smells like i don't know what it is but i smell great i feel great smell- you, lo- you look you look i look great i do look great <laughs> Uh, for, for decades, one big razor company has relentlessly increased prices and reaped immense profits at the expense of customers. So Jeff and Andy set out, two ordinary guys who were fed up from getting ripped off, and they started Harry's to fix shaving. Uh, they knew Harry's knew there was only one way to ensure quality, so they bought their own factory. By taking less profit and selling directly to you over the internet... Harry's offers their blades at half the price. Just $2 a blade in fact compared to $4 or more $4 or more you'll pay at the drugstore. Here's what the kit includes that I have right now. A weighted ergonomic handle, five precision engineered blades with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel which again smells amazing and a travel blade cover which I like cuz my cabinet is very messy so it's nice to separate that. Harry's is so confident in the quality of their blades, they want you to try their shave set for free. You heard that right. Just cover shipping when you sign up, plus a special offer for fans of the show. Go to harrys.com right now and enter promo code ROTOHOOPS, R-O-T-O-H-O-O-P-S, at checkout to get a post-shave balm also free. That's harrys, H-A-R-R-Y-S.com, and the code is ROTOHOOPS. Ken, it's time for your crazy old man rant.
1: Moving franchises. By now, you know about the Chargers and their crappy new logo moving to Los Angeles because San Diego refused to make a terrible investment in a billion-dollar building that would only be used 10 times a year. This reminds me of the beloved Seattle Supersonics, moving to Oklahoma City because after the Seattle football team and the Seattle baseball team had raped the community for new stadiums, there was nothing left for basketball. So the Sonics, having one of the best fan bases in the NBA, moved to Oklahoma, which, good for DJ, terrible for uh, the people of Washington State. I remember as a boy watching the Colts moving in the middle of the night, just defecating on all the wonderful – the wonderful history of the Colts in Baltimore and literally moving in the middle of the night to Indianapolis. I remember going to Cleveland in the third year of the Browns, not being in Cleveland anymore, having scuttled off to that same ironic Baltimore city and leaving yet again, one of the greatest fan bases left to not have a team to cheer for. It's disgusting to me that these owners don't realize that they don't really own the teams. The fans do. There are some good owners, a Poland, uh, may he rest in peace. He funded the MCI Center in downtown uh, D.C. for the Wizards and Capitals. Yet some of this never comes up when uh, these ridiculously greedy billionaire owners are pitting communities against each other. There's one simple rule here. Communities with giant debt, terrible school systems and crumbling infrastructure should not fund billionaire boy club in Denver endeavors. No real unbiased study has ever proven that pro sports teams help a community's finances. Ironically, in Pittsburgh, Allegheny County voters actually voted against stadiums. And yet somehow the local politicians got public funding for both the new Heinz Field for the Steelers and for PNC Park. Uh, for the Pirates, both beautiful facilities, but frankly, in an area that I'm, I don't know if they can really afford those facilities. And, you know, I'm really retching in my mouth a little with the thought of saying Las Vegas Raiders. Again, I just must repeat this simple mantra that fans need to come together and all agree communities with giant debt, terrible school systems, and crumbling infrastructure should not fund billionaire boy club endeavors.
0: Eh.
3: So I've actually got a hot take about the Chargers' temporary logo. It should be noted, like that's not the LA Chargers logo that was released. It, well, that I mean, they said that after the bad game. Right, out. right. But I, my hot take is, I don't think it's a crappy logo.
1: I actually kind of <laughs> like it. Did, Ken, did you see the Tampa you don't bay care light? about the Charger fan base getting screwed?
3: No, no, I'm not a Charger.
2: I'm not part of that fan base, so I don't. I really don't care. <laughs>
1: I'll say this, Ken,
2: a lot of wisdom in what you just said, but social media was on fire yesterday to the point where I'm almost like, you know what? I think it was all worth it just to have a day on social media like that. Tampa Bay Lightning coming out with maybe the tweet of 2017, Dallas Stars with another top 10 tweet of 2017. Um, great day for I social saw, media wait, if nothing else. I saw it
1: with the lightning where they made the joke that they were not having a relationship with the Dodgers because right. the logo looks like you yeah. merged the lightning and the Dodgers together. What was the North what are the Stars? Who really should be the Minnesota North Stars if we're going to get into <laughs> r- absurd moving of franchises, but so go the, ahead.
2: So the Stars took the Cowboys logo, which is basically just a blue star, it, and they made it green and they said new logo, hope this is cool and then they tagged Dallas Cowboys and they did took- <laughs> They just made their start green. So, yeah, a great day for social media. Perhaps not the best day. It's not the best day for the San Diego community.
1: We already know you love fantasy, so we know you'll love playing fantasy on Draft. Draft is a simple daily fantasy app where you can do snake drafts just like the ones you do at the beginning of your season-long league. On Draft, it's draft day every day. You can do drafts whenever you want. They last for just one day, and they they take only minutes to complete. On draft, you can play for free, or better yet, play for money. Get this, your chances of winning on draft are almost three times better than your chances on winning on FanDuel or DraftKings. If you're playing fantasy for money and not spending hours a day doing it, you absolutely should be playing on Draft. Love the draft capabilities so far. What do you guys think, DJ and Shannon?
2: Yeah, I mean, arguably the draft is the best part of this season, right, in season-long leagues. And so for me, just jumping on there, having a couple drafts a night, it's not this one-time-per-season thing. It's been great, and you can do it down to three people, up to eight, ten. It's been it's been pretty fun so far, Shannon.
3: Without a doubt, the snake drafts are the best part of your season-long fantasy leagues. And really what you get with the draft Uh, You get a condensed sense of that. You can do it every day and it only takes minutes. It's not, it's, you know, you you hear about, oh, it's a daily snake draft, but it's not going to be like your normal snake draft that takes you two or three hours. Right. Like this is something you can still do in minutes and play every day. It's great.
1: Fantastic. So join Shannon, DJ and myself and download Draft now. Just search for Draft in the app store and it'll come up first. Be sure to enter the promo code ROTOWIRE when you download, and you'll get 100% bonus up to $600 for your first deposit. Again, search Draft in the App Store, and be sure to enter the promo code ROTOWIRE when you deposit. All right, gentlemen, let's move on to a new segment where we're looking at the most added players. And you guys discuss whether they're a short or long-term play. And let's start with the cockroach. That name's (laughs) got to take off. The cockroach. And game game winning shooter T.J. McConnell. What do you guys think of the cockroach?
2: Well, first off, I would say again we were talking about Rondo. I'll say it again with McConnell. Assists are so hard to find on the waiver wire, so I understand um, why people are picking up now, and I understand why perhaps even if his minutes decline um, with Sergio Rodriguez back in the rotation that. Um, You'd, you'd want to hang on to him for those assists. Now, it actually does kind of seem like he's winning out over Sergio Rodriguez right now. Um, one, of the lo- one of the issues where I'm, I'm afraid to say he's a long-term ad the rest of the season ad is that Ben Simmons will be back at some point, and he's going to be running point guard over T.J. McConnell. Obviously, Simmons won't be playing night in, night out, 30 minutes a game, but that's enough to knock down T.J. McConnell's value for the rest of the season.
3: No, and I agree. It's Ben Simmons that's the worry, not not Sergio Rodriguez. Um, based on everything that that the coaches, the coach out of Philadelphia has been saying, it's it's McConnell's job now. He he's took it, he's won it, he's ran with it. Um, he's playing great. Uh, he does rack up tons of assists. He doesn't have the those neg. His free throw percentage isn't great, but he's at forty three percent from the field. That's good enough, you know. It it's not going to drain you in that category, especially coming from a low volume shooter at the at the point. Um I'm I I I'm okay with him picking him up long term. Just keep in mind that the production will drop off some once Ben Simmons returns.
2: Over the last 5 games, he's averaged 9.2 assists. I mean, that is that's a lot of fab money right there if you know that you're going to get that for the majority of the rest of the season. So I think Shannon and I are both in agreement on this one that the rest of the season is not not out of the question here with T.J. McConnell.
1: All right, let's move to New Orleans. Discussed earlier in the pod, Terrence Jones.
2: So this is a tough one for me. Obviously, we're seeing these numbers spike and him show up on this list because Anthony Davis sat out recently. Now, he's somebody that you and I liked a lot. At the beginning of the season but he hasn't quite played as many minutes at power forward with Davis at center as we thought and with, yeah with, exactly with Demo coming back into the fold I'm thinking that his expiration date might have been after last night's game and that it might not even be looking ahead so I would say like a day-long ad if you're if you if you're looking at adding him today it might be too late
3: yeah it's surprising he's only had five starts and I know Two of those were were games where Anthony Davis missed, so it's been disappointing on that front. I really thought he was going to get the opportunity to kind of run away with the starting position. Um, you know one of the problems is he's just he's not hitting three pointers at, at a good clip like he did in the past He's only shooting twenty two percent from downtown um, and then of course that strained some of his other shooting a little bit. <sighs> I still, I still think he's okay. I actually don't think, it, it just depends on what size league. If we're talking 10 or 12, 12 team leagues, there's probably not much value, long, or there's not going to be much value long-term. For deeper leagues, um, leagues like our Staff Keeper League, yes, of course, there's still going to be value because he's guy, even in the 24 minutes he's currently averaging, he, he's 10 and 6, and he's going to continue to get that even with Demo.
1: I feel like it's not a fantasy basketball season unless I pick up and then weeks later drop Terrence Jones and Kenneth Fareed. Like, it's, that, like when I, whenever I cut either of them, I think. And now it's officially a bas- fantasy basketball season. <laughs> Nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, let's go to Portland. Alan Crabb.
2: So this is another tough one for me because I feel like this is what he should have been doing all season long. Um, So I'm afraid that you know he's just going to be a streaky shooter, and that's just what it's going to be. So uh, I would love to think that this is a rest-of-season guy, that you're picking him up, and you're going to expect a lot of threes out of him moving forward. But I don't know. I I just don't feel confident that this guy is going to have his shot for the rest of the year. Um, And so that makes me pause and say you just kind of ride out this wave, and then once he strings together three or four bad games, don't be afraid to cut him.
3: Yeah, I'm with Shannon? you. Yeah, I'm with you. He he's hot right now from downtown. That's why you'd pick him up. I I think he'll he'll at the end of the day, he'll he'll hover around where he's at right now, which is the same production we saw last year. If if he played in your league last year, he's in play this year. If you are desperate for three pointers, then he's in play for a pickup. But you know, just keep in mind his stats over the past four or five games are inflated. I mean, he's got a 12 for 15 with a five for five from downtown and another nine for 11 with three for five from downtown two. Those are two of his past three games. That's not going to continue. He's not going to have nights where he's shooting 800 you know, or 80% or higher on a regular basis. So just keep in mind the, the recent stats are inflated because he's hot. He's just got a hot hand right now.
1: So you kind of feast or famine with crap. Also, I think, I just don't know how many shots there are for guys like Crab and Harkless and Turner and just going to rotate every he's, night.
3: He's a three-point play. You pick him up for three pointers. So if you're asking me yep. like, do I do I pick up Crab for three pointers or Kyle Korver for three pointers? Crab. I'm going Crab.
1: Crab, yeah. Yeah, good call. All right. And one of our DFS darlings here, how about Brooklyn guard Sean Kilpatrick?
2: I mean, past the minutes, we knew that all along. His minutes have dipped down a little bit of late where he's seeing 25, 27 instead of the 32 34 that we think he should be seeing you know more about him and you've utilized him more than I have Shannon I haven't touched him in season-long leagues um, and I've only used him once or twice in daily I just again the consistency factor here for me and a player that probably shouldn't be getting as many minutes as he had um, or as he has been seeing and so uh, a consistency for me is the biggest issue where I'm gonna say he's a streaky guy that I'll stream for as long as he's hot and I won't be afraid to drop him as soon as that stops happening
3: yeah and his his Production's down a little bit right now, and it's because he's actually gone cold from the floor. And it's it's disappointing that he happened to go cold at the same time where Jeremy Lin has another extended absence. So you know it's a point of the season where you expect Sean Kilpatrick to up his production, and he hasn't been able to. And and to me, when I look at it, I see it. I see it's just cold shooting. He's basically he's only had one game of fifty percent or higher uh, in the past seven or eight uh that'll bounce back some is is he going to be a reliable night-to-night guy where you know he's getting 15 and five no but i think he should be able to kind of hold steady on his current season averages so even with the 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 fluctuating minutes and and the production being up and down i think he's worth a long-term play because the entirety of that nets team is so bad that he'll have he'll have enough good games to hold value
1: well, speaking of uh, the problems of the uh, uh, our, our teams that are, the entirety of the roster has got problems, uh, let's stay in New York and look at the Knicks. Suddenly, uh, after two double doubles, Kyle O'Quinn is looking somewhat attractive.
2: Yeah, and I think a lot of that is because of his blocks. I mean, in yep. January so far, he's averaging 1.7 blocks per game. That's great under under all leagues i mean even if you're talking about a 14 team league maybe even a 12 if you're getting almost two blocks per game that's that's hard to pass up especially when he's been shooting almost 57 percent from the field obviously he's only giving you just over six points per game uh, but that's really nice to have so we just know his minutes are going to be ministerial because again in january he's not even averaging 18 minutes per game right
1: Porzingis comes back. Does O'Quinn – Porzingis comes back. What happens to O'Quinn's minutes?
2: Yeah, it goes right back down. It wouldn't be uncommon for him to see you know, 11 minutes per game, 10 minutes per game, and then he can still rack up two blocks in 10 minutes on the court. But it's it's just really tough. In the deepest leagues, I think definitely play him because he's a one-category wonder, and he'll help you with, with rebounds. But, uh, yeah, you really need to know that Porzingis is not 100% to confidently deploy Kyle O'Quinn.
3: Yeah, unless there's, if, unless there's a long-term injury to Noah um, or, or Zing, I'm not picking up O'Quinn long ter- as a long-term play. Um, if you need a short boost for rebounds and blocks, you can take a flyer on him. But again, there's going to be tons of inconsistency with the minutes, production, everything else. Uh, he has the upside to put up crazy numbers. He, ha- you know, he has a game with 14 points, 16 rebounds, 5 blocks. Uh, he can do that. He's got a 22-14 game. Um, him and Noah both had good games last night, so it's possible, but usually he's going to need one of those other big men in the next rotation to be out for him to hold some kind of steady production.
1: All right. And let's move, uh, to Gary Harris.
2: I love him. I mean, I think he's great. One of the more undervalued players in the entire league in terms of fantasy. He just is their starting shooting guard. It doesn't matter that they have Jamal Murray, who's one of the (laughs) best uh, rookies coming out of this class. It doesn't matter that they have Will Barton. Will Barton's just not getting the minutes. They love Gary Harris, and he's on the court so long. He's going to give you stats all over the place. A really nice source of assists, board stuff. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, threes Yep. Everything but blocks. In all honesty, he's going to give you, and so I, I love him. I always have loved him, Shannon. I know you probably feel the same way. I, I've actually, I was, I've been down
3: on him for a while, but oh, I've okay. turned, I've turned the corner um, this season. I, I not infatuated with the guy um long term i think the nuggets will still go with jamal murray Um, but this year definitely gary harris should be owned in 10 and 12 team leagues it might not look you know you might see his his 13 points and two you know three rebounds three assists it's not eye-popping but it's solid production and then you've got the 1.3 you've got 1.3 three-pointers only only one steal right now, but he was at 1.3 last season. And I, I I do think once he starts playing, he's only played 17 games so far, once he gets more games under his belt, you'll see one 1.2 to 1.5 steals. And if you're talking about three combined steals and three-pointers yeah. from a guy who's averaging 12, 3, and 3, that's really good production for a fantasy player. That's like top 80 production.
2: Well, not only that, last thing here um, before we move on, Ken, is that 48% from the field um, since he came back yeah. from that in- injury yeah. in- from on December 15th. If you have a shooting guard eligible guy that's averaging 48% from the field and scoring 14 points a night, like we're talking about winning or being very near the top of, yep. of field goal percentage in roto categories, head-to-head, everything.
3: And he shot, he shot 82% from the line last year. That's down this season, but it's so few attempts. The sample size is so small that that will go
1: up. Well, again, we've said it over and over again, just have to assume the Nuggets are going to make a trade before the deadline here and let guys like Gary Harris get even bigger runs you know, they really need to set up a scenario where these are clearly our starters. This is our bench. Everyone has a role yeah. and there are just too many guys that need too many minutes and it's, things are way too foggy in Denver. So I, I just assume any kind of trade is going to help Gary Harris.
3: He's the one guy that the coaching staff, have all, they've always kind of been behind too. Like yeah. from, yeah. you know, he missed a large chunk of the season to begin the year, but they've always said he's our starting shooting guard. So yeah, long-term pickup for me.
1: Um, and also, I'd be remiss if we didn't mention Jokic's uh, 22, 10, and 7 line with a steal and a block last night as well. A beast. guys. In England. Geez.
2: He was putting on a show for the Europeans out there.
1: That's right. In um, London, I forgot. That's gotta right. love
2: the, the 2 p.m. Central
1: tip-off. <laughs> for those of us with uh, yeah jobs where we're allowed to watch television, exactly. Yeah, exactly. All right. <laughs> uh, all right. So, hey, I think... Uh, uh, that ran a little long, so let's just skip right to our Friday FanDuel picks, shall we, gentlemen? Uh, Shannon, you've got a few affordable point guard options on the board. Yeah, point
3: guard's an interesting position tonight because you've got three guys that are all like mid to low $5,000 range that we, that I really like. We've talked about a couple of them, McConnell and, and Smart. And then I also like Malcolm Brogdon out, out of Milwaukee. Any of those three, I, I'm actually mi- mixing and matching them in my lineups um, or I'll pick one of them and pair him with Russell Westbrook. Um, but I love all three of those guys. I, I project them all to be between the 25 to 35-point range tonight. Um, so good cheap options at the point guard position.
2: Yeah, I'll I'll go with Marcus Smart. We teased it earlier on in the show. Only $5,600 for a player that can break out and has given us 35, 40, 33 uh, fantasy points on FanDuel of late. You know what? I actually like that stinker he put up against the Wizards last time out. 17.8 fantasy points because I think that's going to shoo some people away from him. And, well, say,
3: and he had zero defensive stats that game. And defensive stats are, are really big on FanDuel. Uh, two points. Norm- per, yeah. Normally he's going to get you a couple yeah. steals and, and get you another five or six fantasy
1: points from the defensive categories. That game was a crazy shootout. That Celtics-Wizards game was a crazy shootout.
2: Yeah, so I'm looking for him to bounce back. Again, minutes are the most important stat in DFS. And season long, he played 36 minutes in that Washington game, 38 the game before, 32. I'd like for him to bounce back with Avery Bradley off the court.
1: All right, Shannon, give us the two forwards. You're, oh, I'm sorry, the, the one shooting guard you're eyeing tonight.
2: I
3: like Nick Batum. He, he's probable to return from a two-game absence. Pretty pretty crazy he only missed two games after they seemed like he might be out for an extended stretch. But it's only going to be two games. So, you know, it, and the, the the third game... He left early because of injury. But if you look at his production, he was routinely between 35 and 45 fantasy points for a nice stretch before missing time. Um, He's only 7,500, slightly discounted because of the injury. He's got a matchup against Philadelphia tonight. So as long as he plays, and, and like I said, he's currently listed as probable. If he plays, I really like him at that price point.
2: Over at Shooting guard, Victor Oladipo, somebody I, you know, it, it's been tough because he's been coming in, in the low 20s often this season. And then occasionally he'll bounce out and, and have a really good game. And, you know, I, I just want to be there when he does. He's at he's $5,700, probably is more of a $6,000 price player. He's still trying to figure out how to exactly play alongside Russell Westbrook going up against a minnesota team where that one could turn into a shootout minnesota's just they're willing to get in a shootout even though tibbs is their coach so i'm i'm hoping oladipo can far outseed um his price tag of only fifty seven hundred dollars if he gets you 29 fantasy points at that price point you you know that's kind of what to expect but a candidate that could certainly give you a lot more that's kind of where i want to zone in on on those guys that are hopefully their salary price is on the rise
3: yeah I'm, i'm with you on oladipo tonight
1: and Shannon, you've got a James Anderson favorite at small forward tonight that you like.
3: Aaron Gordon has been tearing it up. He's picking up the pace. He's only 4,900. Uh, he came out. He's got 34 or more points in two of the past three games. That was, Those two outings sandwiched a nine-point outing, though. So that's that's just the risk you take with Aaron Gordon. Um, In-tournament plays, I like him for, for tonight. The matchup's decent. Uh, Ibaka is currently questionable, I believe. So... Against Portland, opposing power forwards, assuming Abak is out and he sees extra time at power forward too, makes me like him all the more because power forwards just blow up against the trailblazers.
2: Ken, who's your well, top pick tonight?
1: I'm going to chime in with my you know my one suggestion. It's totally a chalk pick, but I love, uh, I love Giannis tonight. Yes, it's very expensive at 10600 but let me read you the Miami Heat starting wings that will be facing Giannis tonight. Luke Babbitt, Rodney McGruder, and Wayne Ellington. Magruder! Love it. <laughs> Is that Tommy Heinsohn? Wait, whose voice was that? Was that Tommy Heinsohn doing the Magruder call?
3: I have no idea. I just love that name. Magruder's <laughs> a good name.
1: <laughs> kind of MacGyver-like? You mean yeah, love
2: MacGyver in there. Anyways, thanks yeah. so much for joining on, us on this Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast sponsored by Draft, the Snake Draft platform where your chances of winning are three times better than a, on FanDuel or DraftKings. Ken, why don't you get us out of here?
1: Let's get out of here, though. You know, there was one name we skipped in the most added list, which uh, uh, DJ wisely pointed out. I probably skipped it because I'm terrible at pronouncing international names.
2: I I just assumed, and I loved
1: it. I loved it. (laughs) Let me give it a try, then you guys correct me. Starting power forward for your (laughs) Portland Trailblazers, Al, Farik, Aminu.
2: Al Farouk but that's close That's pretty close. Not that's bad. pretty good. Okay. Long term, Ad, I like him a lot. By brute force, he's going to be on the court for many, many minutes, and he's just going to rack up stats. Even most, rebounds, ten, totally. yeah, even
3: most rebounds. ten team leagues, he should be he should be owned. Only reason he isn't is because he missed a significant stretch yep. earlier this year. But I mean, it's not eye pop- poppy numbers. He might average eight points, eight rebounds, but he's going to get you defensive stats too. Maybe a couple threes. So yep. I like him.
1: And I should point out, I am very familiar with AFA. I just can't say his name. <laughs> All right, to the outro. We're going we're gonna to turn to Basketball Hall of Fame Lifetime Achievement winner, Rod Thorne, um, one-time number two guy for the NBA during David Stern's regime. Um, and yet, while running the Portland Trailblazers, he thought it was a good idea to draft Sam Bowie instead of Michael Jordan. And we're going to end with his quote explaining it, which was shortly after the pick. He said, we wish Jordan were seven feet, but he isn't. There just wasn't a center available. What can you do? Jordan isn't going to turn this franchise around. I wouldn't ask him to. He's a very good offensive player, but not an overpowering offensive player. (laughs) that was Rod (laughs) Thorne uh, 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 explaining things after not drafting Michael Jordan. Well, attention passengers, this three-car fantasy train has hit the end of the line.